tap that till it fell apart. Penis cookies? If you want to kill him off, just leave him dead. I heard a rumor that my boob flopped out. Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast. My ability to summon fish is of no use for this top wing building. If it wasn't for shitting on the floor, I'd still think you're a robot. Comic book talk by comic book geeks just like you. What we did not know was that Nikolai Tesla was the original designer of the Fleshlight. Now that makes a lot more sense. I don't. He was talking about her box and not her box. And now, your hosts, Luke Matthews. So the only people that will survive a radioactive apocalypse are apparently from the Appalachians. Joel Simon. Hey, so uh, I'm... No. Actually, so me first? Yeah. Really? It's such an honor. Oh, okay. okay. So, um, <clears throat> first time. Okay. Got it. That's right. And Andy Padel. On a very special Fantastic Four. Oh. <laughs> the Yancey Gang's last hurrah. Welcome, everybody, to episode 18 of the Trade Secrets Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Luke Matthews, and I am joined today by Joel Simon. Hi. And Andrew Padel. Sup? Unfortunately, Ann Bean couldn't make it this time. She's in the middle of uh, finals week for her motherfucking awesome comic book degree. Uh, so, sorry you couldn't make it, Ann, but you probably are better off having not read this pile of trash that we're about to review. Speaking Hot of garbage, speaking of piles of trash, this week we are going to review the holy terror that is Frank Miller's Holy Terror. <laughs> oh, uh, I see what you did. There. It is shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is published by nobody in the comic book industry. So, yeah. anyway, we will continue by starting the way we always start and find out what people are reading right now. Uh, Andy, what are you reading right now? I am catching up on Blade of the Immortal. I am reading volume twenty. Uh, I used to read it Jesus. as singles. And they stopped printing the single issues and just put it in manga format. Okay. Um, it's really, really amazingly good in so far as it does a really good job of uh, very similar to a Samurai Shampoo, where it's okay. got uh, feudal uh, Japanese characters talking more along the lines of their modern day equivalents. So hoods on the street have more of a, a dialogue that goes along the line of um, like a, a more ghettoish tone and, you know, it does a really good job of differentiating the different classes through the way they talk. Okay. Really? Plus it has some of the best action scenes that I've ever read. Yeah, really? Yeah. It's, it's very, very violent and dark. Um, please tell me that it's better than, uh, um, oh shit. Rurouni Kenshin. Kenshin. Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Or berserk. I I couldn't do it. I my Matt Shoup, who you've met, it was on uh, after the fact for a while before I moved to California. Uh, introduced me to Rurouni Kenshin. He was um, he was into it for a long time, and I tried it, and it, I just couldn't do it. I, I got through the first uh, trade, and I it was just it was fucking awful. To give you an analogy, that's like saying that um, Invincible is. Like asking, is Invincible better than oh I don't know Marvel superheroes Super Squad? <laughs> it's, they're that black and white. Okay, I mean, they have the, you know the same theme, but they're handled in completely different ways. Um, for the listeners at home, there is some very intense scenes. There is a five issue story arc that has to do with a character getting raped. Whoa. Hmm. Uh it's it's pretty intense. It's okay. not graphic for those five issues, but is it handled a little better than? Uh, Infinite Crisis. 
<laughs> yes. Okay. Absolutely. Um, and that's I, the only thing you've been reading. Like, Holy recently? Terror like has just driven me away from comic books for a short time. <laughs> I didn't. I don't understand why you let it do it, but I didn't have a choice. Yeah, it's that did. bad. So, uh, Joel, what have you been reading? I've been reading manga also, but not this, for the same reason as Andy. I still haven't given up on on comic books, but um, it's it's really dark and it's really good. I'm going through like the fourth book now, and and uh, Eden, yeah. Yeah, you never actually said did the I, name of what say, you were reading. Did I not? <laughs> no. no. That was, that was for, all of my For the head. listeners out there, Joel, I don't think, has slept a solid night's sleep in at least five days. No. So no. he is uh, it's a little sleep depth and a little out there right and now. And very entertaining to watch. <clears throat> yeah. And when he leaves the show tonight, he's going to uh, die in a fiery car crash on his way home. So, But at least I won't remember. At least this will be your last show. Uh, well, I, I'll go out with a bang, then, so to speak. <laughs> I've been reading More Eden. <laughs> yeah, a crush. I, I've been reading Eden, and it's, uh, it's really good. I, I got it equated for me because uh, the second book, uh, a main character that they had built up and went into his backstory, they just offed him. <laughs> Off him in this nice little native girl. So I wasn't, I wasn't a, exactly expecting that because... Um, you know, I've been reading Marvel and and DC, and and people don't really die in those horrible, horrific ways. Um, so it was it was kind of shocking, and I was told, oh yeah, it's a lot like uh, Game of Thrones. Don't get too attached to characters. That was my analogy. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it wasn't from you, but they no, they it, used... that was that's what I told you. Oh no, I when I I got this from the person I borrowed the books from. Oh, she said it was Game okay. of Thrones. Yeah. yeah. So I, I guess it's Equate. So don't get too attached to characters, which I love because um, I always love when they off characters just randomly. On a side note about Game of Thrones, uh, I was speaking to someone at work who has never read any of the Game of Thrones. Now, keep keep in mind, I've never read any of the Game Song of Thrones. Of Ice, Song of Ice and Fire books. Um, she was about to start reading them, and I was talking about my wife. My wife is reading them now and she she loves them except you know she's she they piss her off like for the same reasons they piss everybody else off because everybody that she finally starts to get attached to and starts to like they off at some point mm. um and this person that i was talking to i i said that i was like she's read them she loves them but she's she's gonna wait till they're done before she buys anymore because she's afraid that he's gonna fucking kick the bucket like uh uh jordan did for yeah, wheel, of wheel of time, time. Robert. um so, but she, I, 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 sorry, this is a long fucking lead in to me saying, I said, don't get attached to any of the characters because apparently everybody dies. And she was like, oh, I can't believe you said that to me. But I was like, how can you, how can you go this long? These books have been coming out for 10 years. How can you go this long without having heard anybody say that? I'm not giving away story. I'm fucking preparing yeah. you for the future. <laughs> okay, so so is it Game of Thrones or is it Song of Ice and Fire? Song, Song of, of Ice and Fire. Sorry, Song of Ice and Fire is the series. series. Oh, really? A Game of Thrones is the first book. Oh, and it just got known as a Game of Thrones after ever since. When then. the TV show came out, um, they called it Game of Thrones. Yeah. That's it, be- it's a better title than Song of Ice and Fire, doesn't it? Doesn't yeah. Game of does Game of Thrones the TV show still hasn't finished the first book though has it It jumps around so it's it events happen from later books because they don't know how long they're going to be able to run it because it's super high budget so right. they're trying to get key events from other books. Hmm. 
Which is kind of funny because there's no Michael Bay explosions in it, so you would think that it would be a little cheaper. Well, it's the same thing that's happening with Walking Dead. I mean, not that they're trying to skip forward, but they're they're having budget issues, which I've heard that are I've that's heard that AMC is cheap. <clears throat> yeah, I've heard that I've heard that the second season. I haven't been able to watch any of it yet, but I've heard that it's actually not bad. No, but that Garamond got kicked off it, so it's like meh, yeah, meh. because he bitched about the budget, you know, and he he was like, I can't they. they and I, after reading an article about that, I kind of like, I understand why he, he it was kind of a mutual like they kicked him off and he left kind of thing because he was they were telling him the executives started getting involved and they were telling him things like, well you know, you know what you should do with this Walking Dead TV show is we'd like more episodes that don't have any zombies in them. Yeah, and yeah. it's just like that's like the yeah, I, heard, I heard they were thinking like <laughs> less zombies or reusing the same people because the makeup budget. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. and yeah, they're they're cutting corners. Yeah, so we're gonna, we're going to shorten the title. It's just going to be called the Walking. <laughs> there's gonna be people they're gonna be walking like, it's gonna be like the road the kid doesn't make it. we're just gonna do an open call for people that'll bring their own zombie makeup so uh <laughs> they, they can come in that guy's not even wearing zombie makeup he's, he's just gonna just, rip in his suit yeah they just get heroin and crack addicts and have them walk down the street Snack. <laughs> yeah no, they need meth addicts because they need people missing teeth. Yeah. Oh, that's true. The, you know, I've, I've been watching The Walking Dead, and one of the things is they kept the friend for a lot longer than they did in the original book. Don't and spoil too much of it because I haven't oh, caught up yet. No, well, and I'm not, okay, I'm not no, worried about it. But now, here's the thing. And of course, kept which friend? It's a different story. The, the, the buddy. The oh, right, buddy right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hooks up with the wife and blah, blah, blah. Um, so I was always wondering how they're going to resolve not killing him off when they should have because they've already left the city and yeah, yeah. he should have been dead a long time ago. But that's an easy that's an easy thing to resolve yeah. later. You shoot him. He, well, <laughs> yeah. No. Well, they have him around as kind of the bad character. Yeah. He's he's not so good. Yeah. He wasn't way. so good in the book either. No. But no, he, he was also not around for very long. Yeah. I mean, six issues and out. I, I Robert Kirkman has already gone like uh gone on record as saying that he ex- he wants the TV show to diverge from the storyline of the comic book on purpose yeah um he doesn't want it to be the same thing he wants to see you know it's giving him he was actually really happy because he moved he used to live in kentucky and moved out to la and is actually working in the writer's room for the show um not working not necessarily working on the show all the time like sometimes he'll work on the comic book and stuff but he's sitting in the writer's room working on that stuff and um trying to you know he's enjoying the fact that he gets to go back to the original versions of these characters and kind of take different paths Mm. and he can suggest like different paths and be like oh no i want to go this way with the tv show because i want to see how this turns out the governor's gonna be a good guy (laughs) god i hope not um but it's the same thing with uh you know people bitch a lot about um the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy stuff right yeah and I don't. I never understood why people who are fans of that series and fans of Douglas Adams ever bitched about the fact that things like the movie and the TV show and the radio dramatization are completely fucking different, but still kind of the same as the books. Because Douglas Adams went on record as saying these things are not supposed to be the same. I make them different on purpose. Oh, really? He wrote the movie script different on purpose. The TV show diverged on purpose. And he was just like, I don't want to make them the same thing because what the fuck's the point of making it the same thing? If you're just, if you've already read the books, then what's the point of watching the TV show? You yeah. know, you can so, read the book, you can listen to the radio show, you can watch the movie. 
And they're all going to be the same. No, that's so I can see the executives being like, okay, so we're going to introduce the governor this season, but because of budget constraints, he's going to have 52 fish tanks filled with fish. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's going to have mean fish, though. He's going to keep all of his limbs, just so you know. Um, (laughs) No one's going to die. No. Yeah, no, I and I've I've liked how it, it's gone uh, this season. And one of the things is, it, have you seen the second season at all? I haven't seen any of the second season. Okay, yet. well, um, okay, I'm and not. I, I I'm, give, okay, I won't give it away. But there are some scenes where um, my girlfriend was watching her being a kid. She, it was hard. It was hard for her to watch just because of what happens to the sun. And goddamn, that sun gets dragged through the the mud. Quite a bot, quite a bit. <laughs> I, I, I I forgot, you know, because I've, you know, we're on book what book fourteen, and I've forgotten what 16. that kid's sixteen. Sixteen. I'm I don't think it's behind. up to sixteen yet. 16? Fifteen, maybe. Sixteen comes out. Um, well, the traded sixteen will come out in December. Oh, okay. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I just I forgot because they've gone through so much. How much that kid goes through? They really haven't gone through that much. Is the thing not as much as the not as not as much as the book anyway. Well, uh, no, I'm just saying in the book, I'm talking oh, about yeah. the books. Yes, the books, they've gone through quite a bit. And I've kind of forgotten it because there's so long in between each one of the yeah. books. I've forgotten about it. But I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. That did happen. Okay, oh. so it's what? Uh, basically, summing it up as quickly as possible. Winter, farmhouse, prison, city, cannibals, perfect village. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're and the cannibals the- is a short <clears throat> is a, like a short detour on the way to Perfect Village. Yeah, but it's, it, it it wasn't very long because mm-hmm. that was the church house, right? Yeah, they go to the church house, then the cannibals, then the yeah, yeah. They messed up with that that the old guy. I I love that old guy though. They really f- I I really hope that they never reach the Perfect Village storyline in the TV show. I hope mm-hmm. that Robert Kirkman looks at that and goes, yeah, that wasn't so good. Yeah, like let's uh, let's not let's avoid that there's, in the there's TV some show. Good then, stuff though. I, w- I give this show five seasons tops. Like okay, I think three. that's as far as so, three. Three. I think I think maybe it'll go five, depending on how they can negotiate the end of this season. They're right? at the farmhouse right now. Let's put it that way. No, it's not. Yeah. I'm not talking story wise. I'm yeah. talking about like them being able to tell AMC, look at the ratings you're getting off of our show. Treat us with the res- with ad revenue. Yeah, treat it. Treat us with the respect that we deserve, and let us go for a while. And I think they might get. They might be able to eke out five seasons, if if AMC, you know, I don't know. They've let Mad Mad Men's in its like fifth or sixth season, sixth. and yeah. so I, I think Walking Dead could make it if they can, yeah. if AMC and the production crew can come to an agreement that allows them to make the show they want to make, and AMC's happy with the budget, right? They're already I mean, starting to spin off stuff. I mean, they have the after show with Chris Hardwick when he talks about the episode, which the the Talking Dead. I guess uh, the, interesting the show afterwards. Yeah, they have a they have a show after the show, so they can talk about uh, what happened in the episode. The show, yeah. So the AMC is already trying to maximize yeah. their revenue with this. Sometimes I really like Chris Hardwick, and sometimes he comes off as a total douche. Mm. Um, like I I listen to the Nerdist podcast uh, every so often, yeah. and it it really wavers back and forth between wow, this guy's really cool, and I like the stuff that he says, and wow, this guy's a douche that whines about the fact that he's does comedy for a living all the time it's just like <laughs> um, yeah I, I i'm a big fan of the soup so i've i watched web yeah. soup and oh god 
He's he is. I'm, I usually fall on the douchebag side. Yeah, it's funny because he. Uh, there was a big big shtick recently uh, in the last, actually within the last week, about the fact that he, he did an MTV Geek interview with Scott Snyder and um, the guy that writes Animal Man, uh, whatever the fuck his name Warren is. Ellis? No, 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 no. That was the guy that writer. the guy that writes the new Animal Man. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the point being that he. They cut it out, right? But you find out that at some point during this interview, he actually thought that Scott Snyder and this other dude were the quote-unquote founders of Vertigo. And he was started trying to talk to them like they were the founders of Vertigo. <laughs> mm. And um, he... Uh, it was... Now he explained it later, and I and I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because, like he said, he was he was on con brain, right? He'd been up for fucking thirty six hours straight, and somebody said something to him. I, I don't know exactly what he said. Somebody said something to him, like Scott Snyder, um, like Vertigo Vertigo Comics creators is what they called the guys, mm. right? And so he he took that literally and went with it. But it was man, it was funny for like two days. Uh, Bleeding Cool pres- uh, posted a video and was like making fun of him, and he was getting all fucking defensive on Twitter about it, and people were that. like ragging on him, yeah. and he was, just, and I was just like, fucking. Well, and see, the the thing is, I think the reason why is because he's trying to go off his nerd cred because he has nerdist industries where there's yeah. a, there's a lot of nerd podcasts, right? And so he's trying to come off as a nerd when he really isn't. He doesn't know his his stuff, and that's kind he's of he's not, a, and it's. It's funny because it's not that he's not a nerd. It's that he's not as big of a nerd as he tries to make himself out to be. Yeah, yeah. And none of the people that are part of Nerdist Industries really are. They're they're all comedians. They're stand up comedians. And yeah. and you'll you figure this out listening to the Nerdist podcast a lot is that they they're all stand up comedians and they all spend the Nerdist podcast is like half nerd stuff, half. Um, talking about the comedy industry and being a stand-up comedian and what it involves, and talking about like the the meltdown meltdown shows and the uh, you know the nerd melt stage and yeah. and all that stuff. But one of the things about being a nerd is that you know the shit you're talking about, or That's you really enjoy absolutely true. the stuff that you're talking about. Well, <clears throat> or you hate it. Yeah, yeah. The, or you the, hate the, the geek st- the geek part is where you get like total. Actually, if you With roll a 19 or a 20 while oh. using a Vorpal Sword, you'll get a critical hit. <laughs> With, okay. Not just a 20. So, And this is the thing that blows me away is that I guess um, Blair Butler, who's the, the host of uh, Fresh Ink on, on G4, she came out with her own comic. And it got really terrible reviews. I, I, I It got I've, reviewed horribly. Really? I, I heard that it was doing really well. Of course, I'm... It might be selling well, but I read I read most of the reviews, and it's... it's so it's like a... It's, it's about an MMA fighter. Yeah. And uh, I looked at it. On first glance, I, it didn't interest me at all. Yeah. Like, and I haven't read the writing yet. The artwork doesn't interest me because it looks kind of unfinished. It's like this weird black and white, like sketchy. It it kind of looks like the layouts got oh. published instead yeah. of the actual finished artwork. Looks oh. like the, the the last boss oh. fight of Comic Zone. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just gonna stop coloring here. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not getting reviewed well at all. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Anyway, where were you? Of course, where Twitter, were you leading? But I, with, with I was that? leading that she's a, a host of a comic book show that yeah. talks about comic books, and she actually has enough knowledge about comic books that she wrote one herself. Yes, you know, or has enough credit to do that, mm-hmm. as opposed to Rashida Chris- Jones also wrote a comic book, Frenemy of the State. Yeah. Well, okay. Speaking Rashida of Jones. 
Speaking office, of uh, Parks and Rec. Speaking of strange oh, people really? reading comic books, let's talk about what I've been reading. I read the second issue of Orchid uh, this week, written by Tom Morello. Um, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm kind of surprised. The it's a it's a post apocalyptic sci fi world that is mer- very different from most post apocalyptic worlds. It's not like it's not a barren wasteland. Industrial you know? wasteland. It's it's more of a the surviving the people who survived the apocalypse itself which is very waterworldy by the way like if you read the in the second issue it kind of describes the the way things happened and like the who ice caps rules Town? the ice caps melted everything flooded and everybody that- everybody retreated to the high ground there were i kid you not there was there's a panel where he talks about people um being uh the um warlords were like were called barge captains and there was a guy who had a fucking oil ship so it like okay. very very water world so imagine a world where water world has happened the water has since started to recede and this is like hundreds of years after the water world apocalypse happened is it like heavy press uh precipitation world now <laughs> mud world <laughs> it's it is it, you know it's like swamp world swamp like world. it's very there's it's still smokers versus non-smokers <laughs> <laughs> nope oh, um it's it's an interesting world he kind of combines like like a blade runner kind of corporate apocalypse type um feel cyberpunk. like cyberpunk thing with this kind of um swampy world where you know the the leading line of the book is uh when the waters rose genetic codes were smashed so there humans still exist but animal life has like completely changed and become okay. the humans are no longer the top of the food chain and no flipper babies like no yeah. it's it's an interesting book and it the characters are interesting the dialogue gets a little cheese ball at times sometimes it's a little overdone he but, comes from a band that has you know such great <laughs> lyrics as bulls on parade <laughs> bulls on parade bulls on parade bulls on parade <laughs> Yeah, um, aside it's like from, Shakespeare. <laughs> aside from Orchid, I, I read through Frank in Punisher Max. I read through the trades. Uh, it's good stuff. I like it. Um, and here's here's the funny part. Remember, we had that big discussion last show about the graphicness of of uh, Wilson Fisk's kid kill, getting killed. If you read Frank and show the scene where his kids get killed. That's what I'm talking about. They are not even remotely as graphic as Wilson Fisk's kid getting killed, the scene where it happens. It's not as important to the story. I think it is. It's important to the main character. I don't like think, it's weird because Punisher isn't the main character of Punisher Max to a certain I, extent. That's you you're right, and we discussed that on the show, but I still I don't know. Anyway. Also, fun fact, uh, during the Bullseye arc, did you actually read what Bullseye whispers to him? I didn't. I, no, I didn't pull out a fucking magnifying glass I mean, and figure it, does, it out. It is what is said in Frank. In Frank, okay, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's, yeah. Actually, it's like a, a point five yeah, percent. It's font. ridiculous. Like you can't see it because the first thing that the first time when they do that, they have the shrunken font when he's behind the bulletproof glass. Like you can read it, right? You with the naked eye. With the other one, you couldn't read it with the naked eye, no matter how hard you tried it. And I, I just didn't have a magnifying glass that I could pull out and figure it out. So. God damn it, guys! Spoil it. What? What did fuck you say? No, no, it's read it. What? Read that, it. Seriously. Why would you say no? Because it's so much better if you read it. Read it. 
We spoil everything else on this show, and you won't spoil that. So the other thing that I read uh, in the last week is Joe the Barbarian. Uh, yeah? Yeah. And? It's good. I liked it a lot. That's right, Warren Ellis. You wrote um, a book about a kid having... Grant Morrison. Or Grant Morrison. You yeah. wrote a book about a kid know, you know, going into people. a diabetic Yeah, he's shock. going into insulin shock. Uh, it was good. I liked it. I, I liked the purpose behind it it was kind of cool two like page battle that has like every single yeah. toy you had it happens a, a couple of times actually there's the there's the also the, the scene there's also the scene in the castle where he's deciding to leave the castle and they show all the people who are deciding to follow him and there's like a fucking the delorean from back to the futures hovering in the background and there's like yeah i mean jean-luc picard's in there at least three times um it's it's cool it's uh good yeah, it's actually. I was very, I was pleasantly surprised by it. The artwork's really good. Sean Murphy's art is is excellent, excellent throughout the book. Um, I did not know that Sean Murphy wrote the current arc of uh, American Vampire, uh, and I'm waiting for that to come out in hardcover with survival so of the, the rest of it. Yeah, um, which, by the way. I'll admit I was wrong. You're right. It's a, it's technically a side story. Um, it's the main book, right? It's like, it's not, it's not like a mini series that's separate but it is a separate divergent storyline story so um so i guess we're both kind of right i guess or something sure. about what what did i just have a stroke <laughs> just, Jesus. yeah god I, you have to try and find a way to work that into yeah, every no, episode is that i have no he's idea eating chicken wings about. so it actually happens <laughs> mm-hmm. that's the dipping him in the hagen dust it's kind of mm-hmm. gross to watch <laughs> oh Delicious. It's kind of like those dark fries. coke with that. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a couple of things of comic industry news that I wanted to bring up. Um, the first being that in January, all the Ultimate Marvel titles will come polybagged with a code for a free digital copy. And I and I typed in big bold letters in our uh, in our agenda here about goddamn time. Um, I. Okay. Like for most people are going to be one or the other, right? They're going to be like, I don't give a shit about digital, or I don't give a shit about you know. Blah, blah blah about print so but in my opinion like if you buy the hard copy you should get a free digital copy that's just i mean that's the way it should work yeah you know that's that's it seems reasonable that if you're gonna yeah. go out and support a local yeah. comic book shop and buy a hard copy of the thing then give me the fucking digital copy for free i paid three dollars for the goddamn thing three you know Four, probably-ish, whatever, you know, three or four. So here's the big sort of crux of the issue. With the pricing of digital copies, there is no incentive for a person to get a non-tangible version of a tangible item because it costs the exact same amount. However, if they make the digital versions cheaper, then it'll put local retailers, the brick and mortars, out of business. See, and I don't think that's necessarily true. Because I think there's... No, because I, I think there is... There are plenty of ways to make up that gap. And I don't think the people that are going to buy digital copies on a regular basis are the same people that are walking into a comic book shop and buying comics. It's just, it's it's a different mindset. It's a different group of people. Like, I I think that there's still plenty of life in brick and mortar. physical comic books and brick and mortar shops. And... It's a matter of balancing that incentivization, right? It's if you made all digital copies of comic books fifty cents, you probably are endangering brick and mortar shops. But if it's a four dollar comic book and you charge 
two fifty or three bucks for the for the digital. But you know, if you a buck ninety nine, even you just have to. The the thing is, you have to figure out what percentage of that price is the actual. It takes this much to make this product. Exactly. And what percentage of the price is this is a you know a an entertainment a piece of piece. art that yeah. has been created for yeah. yeah. And you know, I, it's the same thing with with you know we've had this discussion about other things, and I think I think the same about video games, right? Like, I'm, um, I don't want to pay sixty bucks for a digital download of a video game. I just can't. I can't justify it. Um, even I would even be I would be willing to say if if the standard price for a video game is sixty bucks in a physical form, I'd pay forty for a digital download. That seems reasonable to me for the amount of entertainment that I am getting out of that video game and the fact that I'm going to be able to keep it and play it whenever I want. 40, 40, 30 to 40, but f- I think I think 40 is the tipping point. 30 would be a sweet spot where I'm like, fuck, I'm half price, I'm going to buy everything digital. Um, with comic books, for me, I am definitely one of the kind of people who digital comics, until they come up with a device that perfectly emulates the reading experience of a comic book, yeah. I will never be the person that's going to go go all digital. So you However, like, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was like, you you want to look at your Kindle Fire and be like, man, holy holy terror is shit. Yeah, basically. I want, no, what I want is, um, first of all, I don't like LCD screens for reading. If they come up, you know, we've had this discussion, I'm not going to go into depth, but if they come up with something that can emulate paper, be as vibrant and bright, and show me a two-page spread mm. in a device that's easily easily carryable and that I can read stuff on, and then I'm probably going to start buying digital comics. But that device is years away. Um, so I don't know. I the point I think though is that like you're not a digital comic guy. No. You're not going to go out and buy digital comics. And nope. there's a fuckload of people that walk into your local comic shop that are just like you. And just like me, that I, I think it's great that Big, I could hairy, fat, yeah, blonde guys. I think if I could go into a comic shop and buy a physical copy and then get a digital download code for it, just the same way they do with fucking movies, right? Every goddamn movie comes with a digital copy now. You buy a, buy a Blu-ray and it comes with a digital copy that you can download. Yeah. Um, the same should be with comic books. I think that's awesome because my wife does have an iPad and I'm probably going to get a Kindle Fire at some point. And even though I wouldn't exclusively buy digital stuff, it I would love to have it so that I could read it on that device when I'm traveling. Yeah. But I'm also not interested enough in reading it on that device to pay separately for it. That makes sense? Yep. Yeah. And I think there's a shitload of people like that. I, I honestly believe there's a shitload of people just like me. Um, there has to be. I otherwise I'm all alone in the world, and that just makes me sad. So yeah, I, I, the personally I don't like digital you know, comics or book reading because I don't like the fact that I've, for one I need the platform mm-hmm. first, the the console or whatever that you need to buy it on the medium, and also it, it takes it takes power. So I have to I only have a certain amount of reading time, and I know that like Kindles. Will last for, for days, for days or whatever. But you know, there are there is that time where you you know you run out of battery power or something like that. Let's say I'm going camping for five days, you know, run out of run out of power. The beautiful thing about the Kindle is that when you, I mean, Kindle is one of the devices where I'm I'm all in with my Kindle. Like I fucking love my Kindle mm-hmm. um, because books to me 
are about the imagination that generates the images in your mind. It is not about the physical experience of holding a book in your hands to me. That is is totally inseparable from me. Like I need that book in my hand. Really? Because I can't, I, I don't (laughs) like when I'm reading the the new, newest Dresden files, I want to be comforted by the fact that I know that I could beat down a mugger with a copy (laughs) of the book. And see, I'm the exact opposite where the experience of reading a book because it does not involve artwork. Like that's my differentiation for comic books. Mm. Comic books are artwork to me. They are artwork in printed form and to to some degree that is is as and no, not to some degree. That is as important to the experience as the the words on the paper and the story that you're reading. Yeah. Um with a book for me it's the words that are important, not the medium that they are delivered. However, they have to be delivered in a format that doesn't fuck with my eyes or give me a headache or screw with me, yeah. which is why I can't read them off like a, an LCD screen, right? Which is why I love my Kindle. I love e-paper because it's the best of both worlds to me. It's a wor- it's it's a a place where I can have thousands and thousands of books in a small compact, you know, thing. Yeah. And uh it's a delivery method that doesn't fuck with my eyes, that looks like paper, that reads like paper. Um, and, you know, you were saying that, that it takes power. Yeah. Um, I've taken my Kindle. I, t- I took my Kindle on a trip with me, and I read for... Three years. A week and a half. <laughs> well, I tur- you know, charge. you turn wild, yeah. wireless off. I read for a week and a half without yeah. the battery... You know, without a noticeable difference in battery yeah. charge, and that's that's the beautiful thing about e-paper is that it is one of those devices where you could just you could go for fucking ever I, with it. You know, I totally admit I, I'm totally connected in in certain aspects, but in other other aspects, I'm I'm a luddite. You know, I like the low tech part of it, and then it could be the fact that um, there's a little 1984 ish in there too because mm-hmm. they, they can always change the versions. I mean, I've, I don't yeah. know how many, how many online news articles where you read it one time and then five minutes later it's, it's gone or it's something or it's edited been, or, or re- yeah. edited or redacted, redacted. and nothing. You, I mean, there's no notification that that happens, but when I have that physical copy, it's mine. That's not changing. And I, you know, build a relationship with it. I, I can't <laughs> wait till like 10 years as we all go down different diverging paths like joel will play pretty much stay the same and you know he'll be joel you however are going to come out of like shadow run or something you're gonna be like <laughs> in the future we don't need eyes to read books so i got them removed <laughs> they're dead to me <laughs> meanwhile i'm stumbling around like a gregorian monk holding a copy of a gutenberg bible I'm like it's on real paper <laughs> i don't i don't i don't think i would get to that degree right like i'm not I, I, so, you're, like, so you're saying that you'd, you're not willing to get your eyes removed. No, exactly. That's acceptable. Exactly. He's going to have the Jordy visor here pretty soon. No, I mean, like, um, I agree with you when it comes to DRM. Yeah. I fucking hate... <laughs> Jackass. I hate DRM, um, especially the way some places handle it. Um, but I think that uh, I think that the balance uh, for customers versus the delivery method of the companies that own the content, um, eventually that's going to come around to uh, a a balanced form of DRM that protects the creators without fucking the consumer. Because if it doesn't, then you're right. People are going to go to half-price books and they're going to spend five bucks or two bucks or a buck on a paperback that they can get used 
And the unfortunate part about that, the same as it is with the video game industry or anything else, is that if you go to Half Price Books and spend two bucks on a paperback, the creator doesn't see shit of that. No. And that's the other part of digital content that I'm very happy about is that... (laughs) Fucking asshole. Uh, Yeah, I know exactly what you're... (laughs) Um, The other part of digital content that... uh, I'm happy with and that I think is awesome is that it is way more beneficial for the creators of that content than a physical going through a publishing company and doing the physical copy. Right. That's what I'll look like in the future. So (laughs) it is especially publishing a digital ebook like because you know you guys know I'm writing a book right now and um Oh my god! Okay, so I'm gonna before you fucking talk about Nanit Marvel. I'm not gonna talk that yet. <laughs> like, no, you're not gonna talk about that because I'm gonna sum up the past like two weeks of podcasts. Hey, Luke, you are you playing any new games? Nah. Have you read any new comics? No. What are you doing, Rymo? <laughs> Rymo. <laughs> no. Um, what I was saying is that the publishing. I'm I'm looking at self publishing digitally through mm. Kindle Nook, uh, Kobo, and Sony Reader, yeah. and in all of those cases, once I get the file created, which will involve me finding somebody to paint a cover and me doing the writing and the editing and getting everything set up and getting an ISBN and getting all that taken care of, mm. I send it to them. They publish the book and I get 70% of every sale. Like right off the top, 70 fucking percent. That is yeah. so good for creators. Like on so many levels, that is so better for the so much better for the people that are actually making the content, you know. And I think that's that's one of the things that I really like about the about ebooks specifically. Yeah, that's true. You don't have the publisher, you know, pimping your shit though. And, that's fair. Public, you, know, you know, totally fair. You don't totally have the marketing it. Yeah, yeah, and getting it out there. So it's word word of, word of mouth. But yeah. you've got other social media that kind of uh, that gets the word out there too. You know, do it virally, and it is it is a good way that you have an option to actually self publish. You know, yeah. so it's giving. It's, it's an option it's, that's not looked upon. It's not. It's an option that's not frowned upon as as heavily as previous self publishing options have yeah. been, right? Because vanity publishing in the past has been, you know, it, it's like a breeding ground for smut, basically. Mm. And I don't think that's necessarily true of the digital age and, and publishing things digitally. There's a lot of people, a lot of established Speaking authors, of yeah, smut. a lot of established authors out there who are planning on publishing their own shit going forward. Mm. Um, now, they have the advantage of, you know, name recognition. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think that that bodes well for people who want to publish their own stuff. And, you know, eventually the market, just like it does with everything else, the market will shake itself out. And eventually people won't be able to, you know, if, if you can write, spend all this time writing something and put it out there and nobody will fucking buy it. And that's yeah. going to train people, you know, out of it. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the second piece of comic industry news is that the comiXology app another digital uh, issue the comiXology app will come pre-installed on the kindle fire um which is a huge move for comiXology in my opinion um they've already got their itunes app right which you know is fine but uh they are basically you know 
pushing themselves as the premier comic app for the Kindle Fire, so everybody that has one is going to have it. Yeah. Which means they're also going to have access to the free Comixology stuff that pops out every week. You and know? how many people are going to be like, hey, let's try this out. I've got exactly. a button. <clears throat> um, exactly. They're going to touch it. Yeah. You've got to touch it. I think that's and I think that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing if if the industry can shake out the digital, you know, the the way they distribute and price digital content in a reasonable way, then I think that that's going to be good for the industry as a whole. Yeah. So. Oh, I, I I'm not against progress and I know that comic books will eventually go all digital. It's just a matter of time. It's just I, I don't think they'll go all digital. <clears throat> I just think it's I think they yeah, I think that be. I think that'll go mostly digital. Yeah. Because I think there will always be a market for physical content. It's well, just yeah. not going to be as significant as it is now. Yeah, well, it was the whole reason why Barnes and Noble and Amazon are still in business because they originally started out selling books. They're still selling books. Yeah, you know, it's it, there's a market there, and it will never go away. But I mean, it's not like a writing crop. Yeah. Well, but, and the other part of it is the is that publishers have to start understanding the the value of their content when it comes to the consumers that are buying it. The problem, the reason why things like Borders happened is not, you can't blame it on Borders, right? And the public, it is, it's a horrible company, but... blame it on their book buying... You can partially blame it on their book buying policies and partially blame it on the fact that the large publishers still, for some reason, believe that people want to pay 30 bucks for a hardcover and then wait two years to pay $10 for a fucking paperback. And I'm sorry, but that's just, that's absurd. Like, yeah. it's the same mentality that drives the complete lack of understanding of digital pricing, right? When they pub- when they put a Dance of Dragons out for $16 in digital format, are you fucking kidding me? Why the fuck am I going to pay 16 bucks for a, a text file? Because yeah. you want the creative content? Uh, you want the creative content right away. I don't want it that bad. I guarantee then, then don't you. don't buy it. And that's what I'm, that's the thing. Like... Unfortunately, most Americans don't vote with their pocketbooks like they should, but I guarantee you that I will pass up a popular book for $15 in favor of a lesser known book for five. Then you don't value your own time that much, do you? No, that's not true because lesser... So what you're willing to say is that for your entertainment... For a lesser quality entertainment, you're willing to... Why is it less... No, that's not... I'm not saying it's lesser quality, lesser known... This that's the thing, like for example, here, here's a good example. I just bought the Bio of a Space Tyrant series. It's a five book series by Piers Anthony. Yeah. Not a single one of them is over five dollars. Okay, five books for f- under five bucks each. How old is that book? Uh, thirty years. Thirty years, yeah. and that's fine. Um, I don't need so. I value the entertainment that I'm buying. But there is a limit to that. There's a threshold, right? It's okay. the same. It's the same thing. Like, like if people, if movie theaters all of a sudden started charging twenty five dollars to go see a movie, I'd stop going to movies. You'd stop going to movies, right? And that's a thing. Five years. Uh, I agree. Yeah, I, I, I'm just talking about in relation to the current yeah, level, yeah, right? Yeah. Like people already have a have a problem paying ten dollars to go to a movie. I don't, but um, but like. If that price is out of whack with what you're being delivered, then like I won't pay thirty dollars for a fucking hardcover novel either. I will not pay twenty five dollars for a hardcover novel. I don't. It's just not like the entertainment is there, but 
I don't need to get it right away for one, okay. and I know goddamn well I can get a paperback later let, for let a hell of a lot cheaper. Let me cheaper. hold up on that. You said you won't pay $30 for a hardcover novel? Sure. Don't you have all the collected Walking Deads? Graphic novels are different, and I've told you that. The, the, the graphic nature of comic book artwork is more valuable to me than the written word on paper the, by hence, itself. Hence the Kindle. And the fact that I am spending that extra money for artwork that I can pull out and be like, this looks fucking cool. Look at this artwork that I'm showing you is a very different, you know, experience, experience for, you for me than, than being like, hey, read these three pages. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So exactly. That's why I'm willing to pay for those, you know? So I'm a little bit on the, I guess I'm actually on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. I would much rather pay thirty dollars for a hardback novel that I'm gonna get like four or ten hours of amazing entertainment, in my opinion, than to spend five bucks on something that I'd be like, eh, it was okay. Yeah, that's fair. I unfortunately uh, the problem that I have here is that I'm not sure that you and I can have a um a discussion on equal ground because of your opinion of digital books. Um, if if you had the opinion that digital books were worthwhile um, and that you had a, a device that you were willing to read digital books on and that you liked reading digital books on, then I would be able to stand here and have a uh, an even ground discussion about paying $16 for a digital book. So I, I guess my three big points as to why I don't like the digital format... A, you don't actually physically own anything. They could pull it off of your system. That's yeah. fair. Um, and that's where I said DRM. I, I don't like DRM. Yeah. Uh, two, or did I start with A or one? I don't know. Like Whatever. A, two, <laughs> pi. <laughs> uh, two, I don't like anything that, that I have been presented with. Like, you know, hey, check this out on the Kindle or check this out on the iPad. I don't like that experience. I don't like, it just doesn't feel... Like when you're holding a Kindle, it's not the same to me as holding a book. Mm. And and that and to me that's a and and that's where you and I differ a lot is because I don't um, the the physical experience of holding something um, is divorced from the experience of reading the words on the page to me, and it's not for you. Like, and I know I know plenty of people yeah. like you that it's not divorced. It's 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 integral to the enjoyment of that experience that you're holding a physical book in your hands to read it for me that part of it's completely absent so yeah for for me actually it's 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 the whole i gotta say it's the ritual of actually getting the book and finding it because like i'd go to borders with its shitty book buying and i wouldn't find the book that i wanted and i would have to search and go different places in order to actually find the book that i wanted and the going through that journey of actually getting the book makes you appreciate it a lot more than opposed to pressing a button. So hey, I got the book. You want you want inconvenience. You you no, like being inconvenienced in no, your life. That's no. what you. So you enjoy the, paying for inconvenience. It's the trip. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's instant gratification is not always hey, the best. If yeah. you could make fun of me yeah. for saying things like by by saying things like yeah. yeah, but if you can be there like oh so you you don't value the time that you spend on something so you're going to pay cheaper shit then I can say shit like that. To him about his weird little no, no, fucking I, fetishes, no, I, okay? I totally, it's, it, I, that, but that's it, it's the experience. It's the journey of actually getting that book. It makes you appreciate it so much more. And I know that it's something that's not really tangible, and well, it isn't tangible at all. But it's something that I appreciate about about books, and I remember so much more. It's like okay, how much I had to go through just to get this book. Hmm. You know, it's kind of like a, whenever you're going to 
Get like, something that you really treasure. It's it a could, collector mentality. Exactly. Can I jump in real quick? It Joel. really is. So, Luke, do you remember back before iTunes and everything? This isn't when an the, intervention, for fuck's no, sake, no, guys. I'm, no. I'm just saying, <laughs> do you remember back before iTunes when, like, if there was a, an album that you really wanted and you had to hunt it down? Yeah. Yeah. I hated it. But didn't you appreciate that music more? No. I guarantee you no, and I can say that with complete honest truth. <laughs> the inconvenience of trying to get something actually lessens the experience for me because then when I listen to the music I think to myself Jesus fucking Christ this was a bitch to find did I waste that much time exactly right now that experience for me divorcing that experience from the content allows me to focus all of my energy on that content and all of my imagination on that content without having it in my opinion not Ragging on you guys for no, yours, no, no. but in my opinion, without tainting that experience by adding something artificial into it from the outside. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, totally I mean, that, that's, I, and I'm on the opposite side of the coin from you guys, but that's, that's, to me, that's I, the, the journey to find a book is com- completely not important to me. Yeah. So. See, I, I kind of wish Anne was here, but she'd probably just end up saying something along the lines of, I only read books that were published in the 18th century by three people. You've never heard of them because their name <laughs> has never been spoken on a 15-ton printing press that they did themselves. You know, they typeset it. They killed orphans to make the cover of this book. So for the last two weeks, we have been reading Frank Miller's Holy Terror. Uh, This is probably the most infamous book that has come out in the year of 2011. Unfortunately, the the really unfortunate... Did that come out in 2011? Mm -hmm. No? Okay. Uh, Anyway. It was banned from sale in four states. All right. Um, So this book, the the worst part, I'm going to bring this up first to get it out of the way. The worst part is that in October... This was the highest-selling graphic novel uh, in comic books, and that makes me vomit a lot. It's not even a little it, bit of vomiting to- in my it, mouth. It's like puking all over my it mic. Totally, it totally makes sense because it, it, it dawned it's, on me. It dawned on me, what's the subject matter of this? Al-Qaeda. Mm, well, 9-11, obviously. Uh-huh. Influenced by 9-11 and what happened this year in September, the 10th anniversary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody was commemorating it, and then... Oh, and he commemorates it by, yeah, yeah. this pile of <clears throat> trash. Hey, it works. Um, No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Uh, it it's is, sold, it is, it's so, sold, though. That's what, that's what I meant. So for people who haven't seen it, it is, it's a graphic novel. It's in the same format as 300 uh, and... Well, 300 was the only other one that he did like this, right? Like in the, yeah. the wide format. Um, it's double the normal width. It's double the normal width of a comic book. Uh, so basically every page is a splash page. Um, it is set in Empire City, which is the same city that Sin City is set in. So it's, it's in Frank Miller's own little world. Uh, but it has none of the Sin City characters in it. Uh, it looks like design-wise for the the logo font. and the font and all of that. It looks exactly like Sin City. Um, no, and it's 300 white. to some no, point. It's, but it's, it's black, got, white, and it's red. It's got splatter on it, though. 
Maybe some pink. Sin City has some splatter in there too. Yeah, so. get out of here. Um, so uh, and like Sin City, it is designed entirely in black and white with splashes of color depending on what uh, you know he wants to show. Uh, I, I'm not the splashes of color that exist in this don't make any sense at all. But you know what? Let him go. Uh, which is one of the things that surprises me is Dave Stewart. Um, oh, it only says cover colors. Oh, thank God. Let's see. Dave Stewart is credited with the cover colors, which makes sense because the cover actually is in full color. Uh, the rest of the book is not. And I'm surprised Dave Stewart actually wanted to put his name on this because Dave Stewart is a very accomplished and very good colorist. Um, I So I want to get one subject about this book out of the way absolute first so that we can discuss the rest of the book. And that is... This book has earned a reputation for being very racist. Yeah. Uh, it has earned a reputation for being, uh, as Adam Dorsey tweeted to me earlier, he said, is that the super racist Arab killing book? Um, and I was forced to answer, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. that's the reputation it's earned. Um I, I don't know. What, uh, well, what, so now, so now, what do you guys, all I mean, this, from all this setting up, I thought I thought I was going to see Piccaninnies, you know, and <laughs> full on Elmer Fudd, Bugs Bunny, okay. uh, just running through this with the, with their cornrows and whatnot. Uh, and I didn't see that. Now mm-hmm. I was totally expecting that, and I I didn't see any racial overtones in there. Of course, yes, they were killing Arab terrorists, but those were the bad guys. It's not any worse than any Schwarzenegger movie out there. So, uh, like, let me jump on this real quick. Yeah. Um, the drawing of the Obama president. Uh, that's what. That's the one I brought up to him the other day. Actually, that's that just seems like a caricature of someone in. I think but, all of the, but all of them are caricatures. So, uh, he does so many portraits in this, and with Frank Miller, his his proportions are so out of whack that he has his own little spin on stuff. That pretty much everything is. A, a caricature of itself, and that's what that's one of the things that I that I thought about he the book too is that style. like yeah. this he really does when he draws. There's several pages, wordless pages, like the one I've got it open to, where he's drawing pictures of terrorists, pictures of uh, political leaders, um, and people. Like there's a there's a caricature of Michael Moore in here, and they are definitely caricatures. They are over they are overdrawn. Like Michael Moore's chins are bigger than his head. I guess that's pretty much like real life. Um, you know, giant foreheads and ears, and and the picture of Obama is is very. It, it looks like an editorial comic, right? It looks like the kind of comic you would see in a in a New Yorker or something. It's not. Uh, I don't think that that is what makes it blatantly racist, in my opinion. Um, I mean, look at the ears on George W. Bush, They're right? Just as big as Obama. Yeah, and and that's the whole thing. I, I and the and here's the thing. I don't think it really could be racist if your um, Lady Justice, which is supposed to be Lady Liberty, the symbol of the entire city has cornrows and I, I'm pretty sure is a black woman. She has tight curls and that Do you think uh, it's tight curls? Yeah, that's but that's the way that that has been portrayed in Sin City okay. for years. So, um so I mean just because it's it's a drawing of an Arab or a black person doesn't make inherently racist okay. because uh, what what uh, where I think it where I think it delves into racism in my opinion are some of the pages where they show the fixer and Natalie pursuing 
the bad guys and they're I, I'm having trouble finding it right now but there's a particular page where they're like axing one of the bad guys and then on that same page there is there are just a bunch of portraits of Arab looking people and guys with beards and it's just pictures of guys with beards and the implication there is look at all these normal people who oh look they're they're all terrorists and this is what terrorists look like and I think that's the interpretation where it becomes where people are interpreting it as as racist Um, but I gotta say like like not what what is the word I'm saying Muslim extremists are going to wear a beard. I, just like you're not going to see a Hasidic Jew without forelocks. You know, sure. it's just one of the one of the things. Or a woman is going to have a burqa on because is she if she is going to be Fair. super extremist, they're going to be dressed that way. They're not going to have you know a flat top. And and there's a point there's a point at which which I agree with you, but I think that if you're going to go if you're going to go extreme, like the rest of the book is very extreme. Right. And the portrayals of the terrorists that the Fixer and Natalie are hunting down are hardcore stereotypes and they are purposefully extreme representations of, you know, what Americans believe Al Qaeda terrorists to look like. And to me, to me, that's that in and of itself is not racist. Right. Because you're right. You're right. The bad guys, the bad guys are Arab extremist terrorists. From Saudi Arabia. From Saudi Arabia. Yeah. You're going to depict them as, frankly, the vast majority of them look. And you want to depict them like Al-Qaeda terrorists, right? And, yeah. And that's fine. The, the fact that the bad guys in this happen to be terrorists does not make it racist. It's pages like the one I described where he starts to blur the lines be, between what the terrorists look like and what people look like. And that page that we were talking about, um, which is the biggest fucking, you know, piece of bullshit waste of space in the book where you've got a a ton of square panels where the fixer says, um, the bastards, how many of my neighbors have they murdered? And they have an entire page of square panels that depict a bunch of different people. Um, there aren't a hell of a lot of stereotypically Arab depictions on this page. Right, the same people that were on that other page uh, that were just that just looked like normal people that happened to have beards and look like you know vaguely Middle Eastern. Yeah, they're not on this page, and that's I think where people are starting to interpret. Oh, my neighbors are all the normal American melting pot looking people, but none of those happen to be you know Arab in descent, whereas all of the fucking terrorists are. Yeah, yeah, um, and it. Honestly, from what from what I get, and I can see, this is what I see when Frank Miller did this, was that he drew pictures of all the people he knew. That's possible, and, and because they do, they do look a lot, a lot like people, you know, and how he would have drawn them, like kind of portraits of them, and and that's the whole motif that he's going through is that whenever somebody dies, he puts them in a nice little box. Yeah, I guess I don't know if he's trying to say it's in a coffin or whatnot, but. Let's, okay, let's stop talking about this page go. and go to the next page or pages, I should say. Let, let's get into that. One. Let, I would like to. I would like to close the racism subject. Uh, 
let's, let's, one last thing. That's what I mean. Let's, okay. let's, let's finish talking about racism so that we can get past it and talk about everything else that's wrong with this yeah, piece of shit. Can't we all just get along? But go on. <laughs> um, no, I, I'm just saying that, uh, that alarmists will look at this book and say that it's flat out blatantly racist when, in my opinion, he just happens to use Arabs as the bad guys. Arab terrorists, not Arab people. Yeah. Like fucking known terrorist cells like Al Qaeda uh, or organizations. That happens to be the bad guy. It's the same thing. Like nobody bitches about the fact that the bad guys in Red Dawn were all goddamn Russians, right? Like it, it just was part of the culture at the yeah, time. And that was well, of course people didn't write or, or and, true lies. How yeah, much right. money True Lies made for Arnold Schwarzenegger, and yeah. they were and Arab the, terrorists. And the thing is, is that the, just because the terrorists were depicted as a stereotypical image of, you know, w- one of the types of people that could possibly be a terrorist, does not mean that that movie is saying every Arab in the country is a terrorist. Um, now, knowing Frank Miller and the fact that he's like off his fucking rocker, that could be what he's saying with this book. I'm not going to I'm not going to even try to figure out what his message is with this piece of shit. But for the I don't I would like it if people when they look at this book, if they look at this book and hopefully no one will after we talk about it, wouldn't just immediately walk into it thinking that it's just flat out like hardcore like terrible racism, you know. Yeah. It's subtle racism. It's, it's in some ways, it is subtle racism, but he never it's, uses he never uses an like a, derogatory. a blatant derogatory term in the book. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I, I personally, I gotta say that I don't think it's racist because I didn't see any black people die. <laughs> and, and so I'm well, fine with it. The and the one thing no. that I will say for all the people who are gonna bitch at me for the way that I'm talking about this, I'm not being an apologist for this book, no. and I'm not gonna be an apologist for Frank Miller. I'm just saying that you got to look at it. I'm trying desperately to look okay. at it through clear eyes rather yeah. than just automatically. And I have to say, I'm I'm about raging. as yeah. I'm about as tree hugging liberal as they are, and I think that this is kind of a knee jerk reaction. I mean, yes. because because this is covering the subject of 9/11, which is definitely a, a touchy subject in America. It still is. Ten years later. It's still a little too soon, yeah. you know, and it, to the point where any th- any topic that covers this that is is not vilifying these 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 Arabs or the terrorists, then you're on you're coming on the wrong side of this. But I also remember ten years ago when this actually did happen that people were going crazy, yeah. and they were they were shooting six who aren't even Arab at all. They're Hindu or, you know, they're Indian and they were shooting them just because they had turbans, you know? And so I, I was expecting that kind of stuff where you would see the epithets, you would see just glorifying, killing all these people. It really wasn't, you know, he did it kind of, he handled it kind of classy, but in the end in here, Classy? It, yeah. Uh, no, he did. not classy. No, in, yeah, he did. I'll say he but didn't he did. handle it. I, he didn't handle it with blatant racism, but he didn't handle it classy, no, sir. No, yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, he did. Well, I mean, when people die, he didn't show like body parts all over, or he didn't. He didn't. Well, I he think didn't he cut did. off limbs. Yeah, I think he, didn't he cut did. cut off limbs. He didn't. He. I mean, oh, he shows heads blowing up, and well, like, he did. Yeah, well, that's. I think he did. I just no, no. Wait, wait a minute. Let's. But let, the let thing is, is that he still phoned this in. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's not that he didn't try and show that. It's that the art is so fucking bad that you can't tell. Um, so the thing, the thing 
that I that I wanted to say before we move on that before we close out the racism topic and move on and um, and also one last thing before you close it out is that the most racist person in this book is a white guy yeah yeah which I thought was kind of funny and it was a, a little flip on that I was like eh, that's the only thing I can really see was racist but everything is just you you're making the bad guys look bad um th- what I what I where was I going to go with and this what what was I going to say um oh what I was going to say is that. I don't one of the trends that I don't like in creating art where there's a bad guy is that it is it is somehow un, uncool and inappropriate to use stereotypes for your bad guys anymore at all. For some reason everything has to have some sort of racial diversity to it and everything has to be this kind of gray middle ground it's where nothing right where nothing is really like Anybody can be a bad guy, and anybody can be a good guy, and they all look the same, and you know, and blah, blah. And anytime you depict any stereotypical person as an enemy, you're going to be you're going to be vilified as a racist, mm. right? And I hate that because it's bullshit. You know, people do have stereotypes. I am I'm a fucking stereotypical fat white nerd. And if you wanted to make fat white nerds a bad guy, they would look like me. Uh-oh, he's become self-aware. <laughs> but it's 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 ridiculous to have, like you said, that knee-jerk reaction where just because a particular stereotype is depicted as a bad guy, that means the person who's writing the book is trying to say that all people like that are bad guys. Yeah. That's fucking retarded. I hate that. Um Again, not being apologist for this book because now, unless anybody else has anything to say on the racism topic, you've been awfully quiet. Like, the, okay, so and I've got so many other complaints with this book. This, that this is so. This is all I was going to say is that yes, he's killing Arabs and they're taking out their revenge. But I was expecting, I was expecting revenge porn. You know, yes. I was expect when they were torturing the guy for information. I thought they were going to lop off limbs, pull out fingernails, yeah. all that kind or of start, stuff, or start or start flinging epithets right like the fixer never calls anybody a raghead there's no part where they're like yeah you know calling anybody camel jockeys or throwing something out that makes him seem like a racist in in fact the fixer in the book is defending is portrayed as just defending his city from an attacker yeah shit's going bad go find the people that are making it go bad and kill them um like a so. like a true hero. I just thought he was gonna. I was because when I read this, I was looking for going above. I was ready. I had the race card pulled out. I was ready to drop it. Mm-hmm. Honestly, and I was looking for that one part. It's like, okay, there you go. And I really could never find that scene. the 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 whole story is kind of vapid, you know. And the no, thing don't, is, don't don't get into the writing. No, no, we're oh, not going to get into that just yet. Am I getting ahead of it? Are we okay. wrapped up on the racist topic? Um. Is there anything else you wanted to I say? I think the most racist thing is that the ter- racist terrorists look like ninjas. <laughs> no, anyway, go on. So, my no. turn. So, okay. So that that and, that all being said, the racist the racism topic is closed. Now we're going to start talking about everything else no, that's no, no, wrong. No, no, so no, so, no, no, yeah. no. No, so we're this, not. We're, we're not, not making it that broad. So this we is, will. We will. No, we will isolate each individual section. Okay, that's fine. Okay. Let's just so talk this about is the last. Thing. We're going to analyze. So we can't use the easy it's racist and just 
disallow it that way. Correct. Just that, write I mean, it off with, that it's a racist tripe in that way. Because- we've discussed we've discussed what we think of the racism and the fact that we don't think that that is the primary issue with so, this book. So just want to so, say one caveat: we're not defending this because it's not we're not racist. going to defend it. We're just saying correct. that's not the reason. That's why not the reason why it's bad. We don't like this book. My turn. Let's talk about... Are we going to start with writing, art, lettering, art. color? No, no, art. Art. Okay, art. let's we're, start with card. We were talking about the racism. Let's go to art. Let's start with how we start yes. This is the most dialed in I have ever seen anything. It's like like some of these... like, probably And it's not ha- even the most dialed wait, in for Frank wait, Miller. Wait, 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 it's wait, wait, dialed wait. in... Wait, just, just wait. <laughs> so this is a... It's not a, a big book. It's $30. And probably 15% of this book does not actually have any artistic value at all. <laughs> it's like he slapped like a paintbrush. A, like This is a two-page spread right at the beginning, and there's a rough drawing on the right-hand side, and then he took a paintbrush, dipped it in black paint, and then slapped it up and down on the I think it's white, actually. Side. I think it's black background, and I, I, I gotta say, it worked white out. It worked for Jackson Pollock. Yeah, but you know what? This is a comic book. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Well, it's attempting to be a comic book, okay? Um... Literally, there are panels within this book that do not have any drawings. That is so, inexcusable. So we will go back. We will go back, um, and t- I, I will lead into the description, and then you can go into the the, the diatribe. Uh, the page is these bastards. How many of my neighbors have they murdered? The next page is no, no, not page. Next page. Well, it's, yeah, it's, okay. Hold on. All right, Let so, me finish my description before so, you launch into me. I'm so angry. I, yeah, can I back <laughs> this up? So it not not exactly. You don't mean dialed in. You mean phoned in? Because dialed, yeah, dialed in. No, dialed in actually means precise. Yeah, like I have dialed in on, on this point, phoned point. in. Yeah, yeah phoned in. Okay. Like, hey guys, I'm just gonna call in this book. You can just yeah. So this second page after the first one that makes no sense is a bunch of square portraits. Uh, let's see, we've got five by six, so there's thirty plus twenty five. Twenty five. So fifty five portraits of people. And as you move from the upper left to the lower right, they start fading out. And this is to signify these are people that I that the fixer knew that have been Dust in the wind. right that have been murdered. Uh, because this happens, this happens to, for for context. This happens immediately after the first terrorist attack occurs in the comic book. You turn the page. Now remember that we are talking about a book that is double width, the same as the three hundred hardcover. Two entire pages of blank white boxes with the exception of the upper left, very upper left box on the left page has a faded gray face in it. Everything else is is empty. It's white. It is. So, like, before you even go into that, it's not like the boxes in the last set are even the same size. (laughs) Right. He can't even be... Bothered to draw consistent size from right to left. It's I don't like, know if he draw these, I, or, or he drew. I, wow. I don't know if he draw these. Her. What, is, her. what is it with your inability to like refer <laughs> drawing <laughs> any form of written or, like artwork? Oh, the drawer does well, he draw these? Okay, a writer. What is he? He writes. No, he doesn't. What? Not in this book. We'll what? get back to that. <laughs> no, no, but so. it, I, I don't know why you guys are knocking this. Look at the symmetry. Look at those perfect lines. Right. They're, They're not perfect columns. lines, though. 
Yeah. Do you I, think they're hand drawn? Yeah. I do. I, I think, I think he took. I, no, no, I think he just drawn. took a light. Took a ruler and went. Okay. You know. So anyway, but to continue, so we've already had one page that he just slapped up and down with either a black or white paintbrush. We don't know. It doesn't matter. Now we've got two pages in this book that are just squares that are blank. Yeah. That are blank. Oh, it's silly. I, I don't, and I made cooler pages for comic books when I was drawing maps on graph paper for D and D. Yeah, and that's that's the thing that I was saying earlier, and that I will say again: the page where everything fades out was enough Perfect. to get the point across. Yeah, that in and of itself would have been just fine. Maybe make it fade a little more so that the bl- the bottom left or bottom right corner is all white, right? So you, you fade it out. Mm-hmm. But yeah. even that's not necessary. This is showing. It gets the point across. It gets oh, the point. Wants, it's like yeah. all of these people are dead. No, he wants and, to drive the point home. And then you get to this next page, and it doesn't drive the point home. It just pisses me off. Oh, well, it's just like well, some people who you there's know, two who pages are not in smarter here. or read comic books that did pick this up because hey, it's about killing Arabs. You know, nine eleven. Woo! It's like, well, oh, what, <laughs> what is he trying to say here? These guys are disappearing with the white. Oh, you like money? I like money too. We should be friends. Yeah, so I'm, exactly. I'm gonna buy my book. Um. So we've got we've got this the paint bus splashes which are constant. Anytime they show the fixer and Natalie outdoors, they're atempting atmosphere. to show rain. It is just splattered, incoherent garbage. He's, he's uh, setting up atmosphere. His figure, his figures are just poorly constructed overall. Oh. His splashes of color, like the bottoms of Nat- Natalie's shoes, are red. I don't I, know, reddish orange. I, I don't know why. He's Whatever. Trying to set up, he's trying to do his whole um, like yellow kid yellow freak or whatever yeah. what was that guy's name yellow uh that yellow bastard yellow yeah, bastard okay. yeah exactly so, well no, so i, I this agree is, yeah so this is go, go, let, me, go let me finish real quick okay. as you go through the beginning of this book while they're all outdoors the pages get the the figure artwork becomes more and more muddled and the sloppy yeah it's sloppy and the page layouts have so much splatters and brush strokes and ridiculous garbage over them that you can't even tell what the fuck is going on. Yep. Especially for most of the time where Natalie is running through, you know, the city or the fi- and the fixers chasing him, chasing her. There's an entire sequence. The the whole book starts with her just running, being chased by someone, and then she finds out that it's the fixer and then they fight and then they fuck. And no, they were about to. And then everything. <laughs> I think they up. were in the middle. Whatever. Okay. So this is pretty much. And that's the first. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Third. <sighs> yeah, I'm just saying. I don't interrupt you. You don't interrupt me. Uh, this is basically Frank Miller being like, man, I've got this great Batman Catwoman story I'm going to write. They're going to fuck. Terrorists are going to attack. DC's like, no, you're not. And you know what the funny thing about this is, is that I guarantee you, if you took the first what is this, probably 50, 40 pages, maybe? Too many. For, if you took the first 40 pages of this book and compared them to issue one of the new 52 Catwoman, they're the same fucking book. Don't know. Catwoman, run, Catwoman running through the city, doing crazy shit, and then at the end, she fucks Batman. It's the same goddamn book. It's like... It, and then, I don't know, it, it just... Even in the scenes where he's trying to portray the city... And he's trying to show buildings and he's trying to show these big constructions like, you know, like these big cranes and shit. It's 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 just so 
badly. Look like, at yeah. that fucking I know. page. Yeah. You know, the, the like, page where she looks like she has been I, hit in the mouth with a baseball bat <laughs> as she's falling away from him well, with her like merman explosion. hands, like oh, reaching out towards the viewer, like get me out of this comic book. <laughs> I okay. I just figured out. <laughs> I figured out, out comic book. That's awesome. the reason why Selena Kai or whatever the cat burglar, Natalie, Natalie, something Natalie, like the cat burglar. Why she has red souls? Fish is, face McMean mug. Yeah, no. The whole reason why she has red souls is because these two blobs. You can't tell one character from the next. So the only you way have you can't to put the color you in have there. To put the color on the bottom of the soles. It was he probably wrote it out and it's like you know what I can't tell who's who. They both look the same. I mean it's 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 such a blatant Batman, Batman ripoff. Oh, Batman no. Catwoman. Oh, yeah. I mean to the point where she's even got fucking slit eye, cat eyes. Oh yeah. I mean it's 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 well, not even an attempt to mask it. And why is the water that she dives into pink? Oh, we'll get to that. Yeah, that's toward the end of the book. There's this part where she, like, okay. So let, to describe this, there are very few splashes of color in this book, and none of them the, make sense. The bottoms of Natalie's shoes are reddish orange. Her eyes are green. There is the only no, no, no. There's one that makes sense. The prostitute. They show uh, there's a scene where there's a prostitute, and her lips and her dress are Red. splashed with pink. Um, wow! And uh, who's being racist now? She's just a normal girl. She's not a prostitute. It's possible. Maybe. Maybe no, that. Th- no, maybe, she's the, she's the elite. Uh, she's a actually, Muslim, right? The, the is she a Muslim in there? Lady of the night. Lady of the night. No, she's she's the bur- she is the girl that sets off the first bomb. Oh, in, is she in the dance club? Yeah. So she's okay. not a prostitute. She's I, she's colored and, pink just to delineate that she's well, a woman. To, well, and that's the thing. Maybe the fact you can't that, tell if it's a that, guy. That's what I'm saying. That's no, what I'm can't. saying. The fact that she is colored pink is triggers in my mind that he's trying to tell me that the, that she's there's something like less than reputable about her. The way that he draws her, the way that he colors her, made me immediately think, oh, she's a fucking prostitute, and. Maybe that's just my shitty brain, but that's the way I. That's the way that color. That's what that color triggers in okay. my mind. So, in, um, in my mind too, I guess. To me, the way that this. <laughs> I mean, and it's all. It's also the way oh, what, that she like. Is, yeah. What is the? It's. I don't it's know. Pink and there's I, a hand and a leg. I thought. It's I like thought it was she's lurching over a dead body that she just clubbed with a rat. I don't yeah. even know what's going on. <laughs> There's something in her hand. It's supposed to be a trigger. Is it supposed and to be donuts? There's like some big dreadlock uh, that's really coming don't. off the back. I I don't know. She's like lurched over what something. It is either. I it's it's indescribable. Like we can sit here and go. Whoa, what the, whoa, what is yes. wrong with her lips in the very next panel? I know. Like yeah. look, okay, like full lips, got, full lips, full lips. She's bitten off half <laughs> the, the artist. <laughs> and My her nose. Wait, okay. no. Wait, her nose. Look at it. No one's nose is actually shaped like that. <laughs> it's like she had just been hit in the face with a sack of nickels. <laughs> um okay it just got cracked okay so so later on after the explosion later on when when fixer <laughs> and natalie are going there's you guys need to go to it because I, wait, this uh, is my favorite scene i just for proportions is, and everything this right one? there right there yeah where natalie looks like a fucking hobbit yeah her feet are as big she's, as her shins no she's not right? a hobbit she's fucking gollum <laughs> well, yeah exactly and i don't know what 
and I have no idea what's going on with the fixer here. Like exactly the one leg way out, and the like. He looks like he's kicking her in the back. Yeah, exactly. So through the whole book, there were artistic license on this kind of stuff, and I was like, okay, okay, it's a pink blob. You know, it's at night. Maybe we don't understand what this this formless pink mass is. What kills me is like these pages aren't numbered, so we can't point out to the listener exactly. I mean, they might be able to discern, you know, by the terrible various drawings. And, And the thing is, is that that scene right there, those two silhouettes. Natalie looks like Shaggy, yeah, running away from like in Scooby Doo. That's yeah. <laughs> that. I don't know how you make this sexy. Cat oh, I thought you burglar. were talking about the rapper. No, no, <laughs> Shaggy, like you know. I mean, Casey Kasem, Shaggy. So Scooby Doo. So get, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would say probably fifty-five to sixty percent of the pages in this book are splash pages. Yeah, and you mean he threw a bucket of paint at him? <laughs> Yeah, I've got this panel, but this this right here is probably the most coherent splash page in the entire book. Oh no, no, no one second. Here. The, there's there's a page. Okay, so apparently, for those of you familiar with Sin City, there is a statue that's just like the Statue of Liberty, but it's basically Lady Justice. She's got a blindfold on. She's holding scales, uh, and they blow her the fuck up in this. Now, here's here's. We'll get to the writing after we we pick apart the artwork. Uh, so I won't say this right now, but like. The book goes from this crazy, like, uh, splattered, you know, brush-stroked white on black bullshit with incoherent crap. Oh, we'll yeah, we'll get there, sir. Uh, to even when the pages, like the one that you pointed out, even when the pages don't have the splattered bullshit over them, the artwork that exists is so terrible, unfinished. And terrible. the The figure constructions are awful. The facial constructions Her are terrible. Her back and left arm yeah. are broken in at least three hit, hit parts <laughs> of that drawing. No um, one's spine bends. Yeah, at a and 90 that's the thing is, I, I was willing for him to give his artistic license on the the proportions and how people's faces look and how everything was looking. But if that they one were scene, consistent, yeah, exactly. If they weren't, but he he just came back as like, oh, I need to draw this. You know, let's yeah, this draw to me. This to me looks like the layouts. It looks like he did layouts and, and then ink it in. And then just inked in the layouts and published it as a book without actually doing the finished artwork. You know, actually um, because Frank Miller like not everybody likes Frank Miller's style, and I can understand that, but there are times where you can definitely look at Frank Miller's artwork and you can see the talent that he has. Mm, um, had. Had. Well, no, I, <laughs> I think he still has it. I just think he didn't apply it here. Um, but you look at you look at things like because The Dark Knight and uh, 300 and the Electra stuff that he did and you know the Daredevil books that he drew. The early Daredevil. Yeah. And you can see that the guy has a, some modicum of talent, and he comes kind of from the same school of figure construction as John Romita Jr., right? Mm. His style yeah. is of figure construction is very similar. So yeah. now for the But then here that, he just... The, the late-run Daredevil stuff he did, Dark Knight Returns 2, and this as opposed to 300, where he just doesn't care. Yeah, no. and I mean, he doesn't care to the point where... Okay, so everything previous... Natalie is in black. She's in a black fucking bustier. She's in black gloves. She, you know, here everything's black. She's got the black fishnets. And then all of a sudden you turn a page and oh, it's all white. He doesn't even color it in. He doesn't care. It's like, it's 
wildly inconsistent yeah, and wildly there's, terrible. There's a scene like, where where the fixer steals a cop car, and it's Selena and the fixer in the car, and Selena's talking to him. And if you look at him, the only way you can tell the difference between a man and a woman is that Selena's in black and the fixer's in white. Yeah. And, and it, he does kind of phone it in. And I have a friend who's an artist, and he oh said... Oh, my God, look at that panel. He just looks like a, he looks like a, a woman in drag. Yeah. Yeah, well, exactly. I know, you know, I never noticed that particular panel because I burned through that. So for the listeners edification, it's it's what, 24, 24 panels on a single page. And you just I just burned through that fucking dialogue as fast as I could because it was I was already that, fed that's up like with this book. 30 percent of the dialogue. In the entire <laughs> book. It, it really it really is. Right. And that's why you zoomed through. It was like, oh, I have to read now. And it gets so boring. But usually, why is there a fucking slug right there? A snail. There's a fucking snail on a page for no good reason. And it's way. Different. It's either it's either way in the foreground, or the terrorist attacks have created a sudden mutation that is now like, chasing Natalie got, across the city. We've gotten the most brilliant idea. We read Watchmen, but all we can make <laughs> is a giant alien slug. Actually, I do got to say those Obama ears are pretty big. Yeah, that's it's pretty bad. Almost, no, as, no, no, no. almost as big as Ahmadinejad, but you know. But okay, so in the usual art writing process for a comic book, you do pencils, and then you ink, and then you color. And I have a friend who is an artist who said it just looks like Frank Miller just skipped the pencils and just went straight to inks. Mm-hmm. And he said, and I think he did. Yeah, no, he, he just, did. He took a brush because, because he thought he's good enough that he can just ink everything. He can just and, draw it in a brush and call it good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, this is another page. There's a page with Natalie climbing stairs inside the org- the terrorist organization's building, um, and the only the writing is the only way you know that she's in the building because what we've got is uh, her climbing stairs in the bottom right hand corner, probably about twenty percent of the page. The rest of the page is white, and then there's some cross hatched rectangles. Eh. I don't even know what those rectangles windows. represent. Oh, sure. To the we'll impenetra- call them. impenetrable fortress in the sewers. It's in the sewers, there's windows. Windows for no good reason. Yeah. Um, to 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 round this all down, this is Frank Miller's worst artwork. No. Yeah. Dark, yeah. Dark Knight Returns two. No, I, I Dark Knight Returns two was m- way more coherent than the artwork in here. No, I, I think it's bad. Don't no no don't get me wrong. I think it's bad, but I think that the Dark Knight Returns artwork is way more coherent than this. I think for Dark Knight Returns two, he did something similar to this, and then why tried the fuck to did co- the three hundred helmets show up in here? Yeah. What the fuck is going on in this panel? Yeah, because I didn't he's even running notice out of those before. Well, do you know. guys do you guys notice the hand ninjas that are supposed to be the terrorists? Yeah, that's what. That's why I brought up the ninjas before. He, he just goes back to his, his old tropes. He's like, I know what to draw, so I'll just draw it. This is what it is. Um, These guys are close enough to... I, can we talk about the pink page now? He, oh wait a second. I, I'm going to say I, I, I do disagree with you because I think that Dark Knight Returns 2, is, it's, his artwork is sloppy. <laughs> We've got two buckets of shit, and we're trying to debate which one's oh. worse. <laughs> this, one, this one, to me, is just clearly worse, Like in my opinion. It's just... I I can't there are fewer instances in that book of me just not knowing what the fuck is going on on the page. And in this book, there are times where it's just an incoherent mass of lines that yeah. make no sense as to what the fuck is going on. Well, like a face. Like what why is she <laughs> you know I'm looking at the book upside down just looking through it. I'm like, "Oh, now that what the fuck's you- going on here? What is this? This doesn't make sense. 
So, um, pink page. Yes, pink page. We're going to go back to the back of the book. In the in the course of the storyline, Natalie has infiltrated the Al Qaeda stronghold in the undercity. In it yeah. is a an underground mosque under uh, underneath Empire City. She infiltrates in a burqa, beats the shit out of some people, and then everything goes pink. She she jumps into a, a giant pool of laffy taffies. There is. I, it is. It is. A, it's a giant. Yeah. It's a. It's two full pages where she falls into the water. I think. I don't yeah, think it's water. No, it is water. No, it's not water. There's a fish. It's. In. It's melted bubble gum. <laughs> it has to be. Why he decided to make it oh. pink? It just shows his. His detachment from reality. He's just lost. And they show the fish like. There's a water bottle floating in the water. Is yeah. there a goddamn? Are there barracudas in the fucking New York City sewers? Is I mean that's like a lamprey, man. Or, yeah. Oh, okay. Or, sure. Yeah. Or the the lantern fish. What the, the like, lantern fish? Right. Lantern fish of fucking. What the hell? Yeah. It just totally this made a snap. Completely stops. I mean, it stopped making sense way earlier in the book, but the pink page is the one where I'm just like, that was the point where I literally looked at this book and went. What's going on? Why did why did it turn pink? I would have been fine with blue. I'd have been fine with green. Yeah. I'd have been fine with I'd have been fine with red. I'd have been fine with anything but pink. I would have been fine with black. (laughs) Yeah, with black and then have white like you. I'd have been fine with fire. Let's light it on fire. Um Yeah. And then I mean the green here kind of makes sense. Okay. I uh no it. I'll give it I'll give it that his gas masks are green. Like that's the point of the green in these pages. Now, here's the part that Andy pointed out earlier that I don't understand. So, Natalie what's her butt beats the shit out of a bunch of terrorists, gets pulled out of the water by the terrorist leader. Um when the terrorist leader decides to tie Natalie up, apparently he is a master of bondage. Oh yeah. She is tied up Some in a full-on fetish bondage rig. Well, come Ropes on. around her neck, like pressing her tits out, like straight-up bondage rig. But they're both running around in latex suits for the entire time. No, I get that, but this is like, come on, you're tying up a bad guy. In your opinion, though, she's the good guy, but she's you're tying up an enemy. Yeah, I mean. Unless his intent was to fetishize, well, no, okay, never mind. His intent is to fetishize it's, her. It starts out the entire thing. He beat the fixer, beats the crap out of Natalie or Catwoman, Cat Burglar Girl, and then decides to kiss her. And they have no, no, no. You don't understand. You don't understand. I under. I get that. Okay. I get that's what Frank Miller's trying to do. Yeah. I'm trying to say that it's not okay. <laughs> no, no. Frank Miller is a freaky ass bastard. Let's just put it that way. And I I think next next year for Halloween, I am going to dress up in my latex suit and go as the fixer. Oh, that'd be spectacular. I mean, I, I totally can. Uh, there's, I, I finally realized that with the whole bondage when they tired her up that, um, yeah, these, he, he's got a little S&M thing going yeah. on through this entire thing. All right, I'm I'm done with the art. The art's terrible. It's it's the it's it's in my opinion, it's the worst art that Frank Miller has ever done. Andy, it's the second worst. Uh, I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a five second aside and talk about the lettering. 
because uh, it's it's technically part of the art, technically part of the writing. It's fucking terrible. It's it's Sin City. It's not. It's not even Sin City. It's not even as Sorry, good as Sin he, City. What, what Frank Miller did is he cut out pages from Sin City, <laughs> <laughs> like ransom lettered them together, and then put them in other panels. It, it, that it just explains the script. It just looks like. So it, yeah, it just looks like he hand lettered the whole book, which he did. No, it doesn't look. He hand lettered the whole book, and he didn't even take the time to make it look good. He didn't. He didn't. He just threw shit out there, threw the lettering out there. I wouldn't be surprised if there were. You know, it would not have surprised me to see a panel scratched out and a new word just put. You know, below it. It. it it's. The lettering is awful, along with the artwork. So we will move past the lettering, and now we will move on to the story. To the story, story. I will use in air quotes. My biggest problem with this, and this is going to be the most coherent thought I have on the entire thing, is the entire book lacks any form of subtlety. It <laughs> takes the reader's intelligence for granted, insofar as that the reader apparently is an idiot. Yeah, the, it no, spells no... everything out. It is. Poorly thought out, oh, see, poorly I've, plotted, poorly. Shit. I kind of no, disagree. Go ahead, go ahead. I, in 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 a way, I kind of disagree with you because I think there's a lot of stuff that's not spelled out, um, but that is also not not part of the narrative that doesn't matter. Right? There's there's a lot of pages like the pages where he shows two a two page splash, which in this book is a four page splash of which time uh, of politicians faces and terrorists faces and news reporters faces and people's faces and then random symbols there's like a star david in there and then there'll be a fucking crescent moon thrown in there and then some guns and shit and he just throws them out there on a page as if that's supposed to mean something to us i just ignored that yeah it does and it means nothing it doesn't like there's there's no narrative arc to this book at all it's cat burglar runs through city Good guy beats her up and then fucks the shit out of her. Shit blows up. They chase terrorists. They kill terrorists. And there's no... The last page is the one that really throws me off. Yeah, the there's... I, well, like, I don't even know who that guy is who's having like the night terrors that's from the, the cop, thing. The cop from earlier in the book. That I do know. Do you, I mean, they introduced the cop for like four pages and that's it. You know what? That's... Yeah. You got a lot more out of this book than I did. Uh, <laughs> um, there is no... There's no character arcs. There's no there's no stakes. There's no like by the time the book takes place, all the bad shit's already happened. Like there's nothing there's no there's no stakes left. And then Be- well that I think that's because you're supposed to know the whole situation. Yeah. You're supposed to know, okay, there's terrorists out there that are trying to blow up. You don't need to know because you already know it happened in They're the world. They're threatening America. Yeah. <clears throat> Thank you. Thank well, you. Go he- ahead. Here's the other problem that I have with this book is that toward the toward the second probably two thirds into the book, he then confuses the whole scenario of, of who we're supposed to be rooting against. Yeah, the fixer and the and Natalie are chasing chasing after um, chasing after terrorists, clearly Arab terrorists. But then there's these splash pages of politicians saying crappy you know, or saying nothing, just like their faces. And then, like some of the there's this page there's this page that I don't understand where they show the doors of a mosque opening to 
fingerprints, I guess, on the page. Um, random faces, and then there's a hand holding up a severed head. Huh? Like, there's nothing leading into it. You can't the the entire the hand holding up the severed head is all in silhouette, so you can't tell who the severed head is. It's raining because you can tell by the white splashes okay. on the black. Um, and then to confuse the matter more, they show they show that um the Statue of Liberty, the Lady Liberty, the Lady Justice in the book gets blown up by fucking F sixteens. What message are you trying to deliver in this book? Are you trying to tell us that these are not actually terrorist attacks? Is 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 the message that yeah. the U.S. government is faking all the terrorist attacks to make people hate Arabs? Uh, like, and if you are trying to make that message, why aren't you clearer about it? Like, it—that's the thing that f- pissed me off more than anything about this book. The art is lazy and it pisses me off. The writing is non-existent, but the fact that you can't even come up with the time and energy to to deliver a coherent message in your book, even though you clearly want to, you clearly want to say something. I don't think he does is the thing. Maybe. Maybe he's just like, you know what? I'm going to make a book about terrorists. Everyone's going to think it's deep because I'm Frank fucking Miller. Like, in the beginning of the book when the chick, the chicken pink blows up the nightclub that has all the people in it, is that what generates the rain of nails? Or did the rain of nails come from somewhere else? <laughs> I don't know. No one knows. And then, to, you know, there's this rain of nail, rain, nails fall from the sky. Now... I can understand that would be a fucking terrible terrorist attack, right? So if a ter- terrorist detonates a bunch of bombs in the atmosphere over a city and makes it rain shrapnel? Man, do you know oh, actually, do you know shit. Be, do you know be worse than that? Terrorist detonated bombs in the, uh, the stratosphere that dropped copies of Holy Terror down in <laughs> any given city. <laughs> um, and, then, and then, you know, the first attack was the dropping nails and... Fucking Natalie spends three pages going, God damn, Jesus Christ, God damn, Jesus Christ, Jesus oh, Christ, God no, damn, there's no. a nail, nails, there's a nail no, in my life, no, Jesus, no. Jesus Christ, there's okay. a nail, and night, oh, holy fuck, there's a yeah. nail, why is there a nail, there's a nail, what the fuck, why is it, Jesus Christ, God damn, because, oh my because God. you were, you were right, back, back when you said that they had sex in the beginning, so, and I, and I didn't really realize that, because I, I'm, I'm dense like that. <clears throat> But they're punishing the infidels. No, no. But they they go through and they have they have their fight right, and then now they're 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 having their fight, and they finally consummated. They started kissing, and then all of a sudden it goes. That's all. That's all. Just another yeah. little light. And so they're having they're having sex on the top of the building, right? Yes. And then they're, the fixer uses and then her all as a sudden, human shield. And then all of a sudden. <laughs> You're really annoyed. All it's a, a bomb. I'm going to hide behind you. There's an explosion, right, while they're having sex. <laughs> an there. explosion. An explosion. And then she goes, oh, god damn, god damn, god damn. I got nailed. <laughs> that was a lot of setup. No, it was a lot of setup for a that's, punchline. Because that's seven pages of it. Yeah. That's seven pages of it. And then the next one is the girl who's who's going in there, and she's he's like, hey, so what do you got under that coat? He's like, I've got paradise. The fixer sucks in a load of something ghastly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm starting to see this in and a then, new light. And then so there's a first attack with the nails, and then there's yeah. a second attack with, with razor, razor blades. blades. I'm sorry. Falling razor blades would do exactly jack and shit. Wow. Somebody'd be like, oh, oh. What's that? Like Look up. Oh, God, my eyes. <laughs> no. no it would, it, it, <laughs> they're fucking razor blades. They, they weigh Why like paper. 
<laughs> um, this this page, the first page where they show the nails falling, it's like explo- something happens. I What's guess the there's laziest an explo- thing I could draw? And then a bunch of nails on a on a page that's loaded with like fingerprints and like smudges. And his dialogue is Empire City screams, and then he could have left it at that. It would have been fine. But wait, then he's wait, like the in one. agony, oh. in terror. Yeah, yeah, that's oh, it's so. God. So like, no, so when he doesn't have anything to do, he he falls back on Batman and and Catwoman having sex. Yes, it, it happens several times through the whole thing. They have the conversation, and and I just realized that when he can't figure out what to do, so how am I going to move this around? Well, Batman and Catwoman have sex. Yeah. Okay, so that, that's the beginning. One of my favorite pages, though, is one of the terrorists is running towards the fixture. He's like jihad. Do they actually like? Are they supposed to yell that sort Pretty of thing? Pretty sure they don't. Yeah, but, but then the fixer's like gazoon tight, and then kicks him off a building. Oh, no. that's that's got all the, the grace and subtlety and nuance of. <laughs> oh, you the should. Deck. <laughs> <laughs> I above uh, you know all of the sins of this book. The worst is that it's boring. It's boring. Yeah. There's no it's a like quick I said. Read, though. Yeah, I mean you it's can because you're like plowing through it like it's got to be done soon. Nothing has happened. It is it is boring, and like I said, there's no narrative arc. There's no character development. No cohesive there is story nothing, line. There's no cohesive storyline, and there is nothing, nothing to draw in a. That's Glungchen country right there. <laughs> there's there's nothing to draw a reader into the world or the story that's trying to be told oh there's like super jew that guy's awesome so is a, a vigilante that has a blue star of david painted on his face for some reason um yeah and he he's the one that taught fixer how to be nasty yeah i that's the biggest sin is that it's just boring it's boring and pointless and, and 30 bucks i can't you can't you don't like there's no characters to root for there's no good guys in the entire book. I, There's not even anti-heroes in the entire book. I was book. reading for Obama. <laughs> um, the cop isn't the cop is supposed to be the one humanizing character in the book because that's who at the end of the book comes up and shows you um yes, terror. Yeah, show you shows you supposedly the the reason that terror exists and what you end up with is a confused a, Andy Podell. Yeah, you end up confused because the cop has not been in the book long enough for you to form any sort of opinion or attachment to him. So his his revelation at the end of the book is meaningless. It's you, you could put any five characters in the cop, like the drawings of them from this book next to each other and I could not point the cop out. So having your big revelation <laughs> at the end where there's this guy laying in bed going like, it's happening again. Every time I close, I'm like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's a lot easier to rag on the art. The writing is so non-existent in this book that you can't even just, we can't even sit here and pick apart individual parts of the writing that are bad because it's just bad. It's just bad. It's like, you're looking at like necro- uh, necrotizing or what is it? Oh, necrotizing fasciitis. Yes, or... <laughs> ne- ne- necrotizing fasciitis, and you're like, well, where do you, where do you want to talk about? Well, what should we amputate first? <laughs> All of it's got to go. Yeah, um, it's. Wow. It, just, I'm just, just looking at the at, just, like at the very end. The there's 
there's some funny, surreal, like psychedelic stuff in this mosque at the end. Because I'm, I'm looking the at... The dinosaur head on the wall? The dinosaur head, the lanternfish. There's, there's a, like 300 guys, 300 guys. There's a definite cock and, and a girl in, in, in like a short... Uh, hot pants. I'm opening the book back up because I didn't see that. In hot pants, there's another dancing queen and and another. Per- he just before he just after like, the pink page. After the pink page. After or before? After the pink after page. The pink page. When Fixer finally drops in, and he just like you know what? I'm just pulling out the stops. Keep on going. I'm pulling out. The Fixer Fixer's drops in. pulling out. So look at that scene where the Fixer. It's Jet like find, action. It's fixer. like find Waldo. <laughs> no, honestly, you can You're see right. different things that he's hidden in that in that picture. Yeah, it's a bunch of hidden images and random. Oh my god, I I, I got to be done. I got to be done talking about this piece of shit. Um, this is this is this. You know, not even taking Doc. No, Savage, I understand this panel. You're like looking up at these pillars of mer creatures. That are sort of since you're looking straight up, like if you were standing. I like know, under, yeah. Oh God, I'm starting to understand it. Wait. I, so you're you're looking up at the ceiling of the mausoleum, right? Even and he's falling taking, down. I, yeah, I understand that, but why in the hell would they have a girl in short shorts with stars on her ass in the mausoleum? Even taking anyway, go on. There's a vagina in the lower right hand corner. Oh, get out of here! Really, really? Oh, there's pussy. Uh, even taking Doc Savage and Breed Three into consideration, this this is the worst comic book I've ever read. I would read Neo. I would, I would recommend Neonomicon to someone over this. This is not the worst book I've read, but it's damn close. What is the worst book you've ever read? Then um, probably something independently published. Like this is the worst big comic book that yeah, I've read. This this is clearly the worst book from a recognized lauded creator that I've ever seen. I mean, and let us not forget. So let's talk about the creator for just a moment. Frank Miller is lauded as one of the pillars of the comic book industry. Um, and no, it's you, I you, disagree. you cringe, but, but he's had key moments, but it's- there are key moments in my opinion that a lot of people consider to be highly influential in the comic book industry. The Dark Knight Returns being the, being one of them. Yeah. Um, Three hundred being one of them. Um, there are he, his Daredevil. Stuff. His Daredevil stuff and his Electro storyline are. There are parts of that 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 are considered like seminal moments in comic books in general, right? Is good. Um, but let's not forget that this man has made some shit in his time. He he did make Dark Knight Returns too, which was it was terrible. He did make he did make the Spawn Batman storyline that was he made the. Image side, right? The image side of the Spawn Batman storyline back in the nineties that was fucking ridiculous, terrible shit. He Blues did, and pinks. yeah, he did write the script for RoboCop three. Like this guy is not good. He, he's not. He's he's a lucky. He's a lucky hack, in my opinion. He always has been. Now, don't get me wrong. Dark Knight Returns is awesome, and I think that Dark Knight Returns is awesome because he was edited well. When he had Lynn Varley keeping him on track, his shit was reasonable. When he's just on his own, he's fucking awful. 
Um, and I just... So pretty much artists left to their own devices. They're just not bad all, news. but Frank Miller, yes. I I you think I think that he as a creator is um he's not worthy of the recognition that he has gotten uh and this kind of proves it. This is this is the point where people have to look at him and be like what nobody ever sits down and goes what were we thinking? They just try and ignore this shit. They do it with Alan Moore all the fucking time. Um but Alan Moore's stuff not not as not as universally awesome as people give it you know this i think frank miller's the same way and maybe i'm gonna get blasted in the face for saying this but i just i think this is the point where people need to look at his stuff and be like be more critical and not buy it because it's got his name on it anymore ever right this is the point where people have spent too much money on something just because it had frank miller's name on it and that is a is a shame that people actually paid for this piece of shit so Wait, I've got a brilliant. No, go ahead. I've got a brilliant idea. As opposed to our standard buy, borrow, or burn, how about we recommend something else? Thirty dollars in comics that you could buy as opposed to this. Why don't we do both? Because I really, I really, I I know what the answers are going to be, but I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm going to say buy, borrow, or burn. Burn and salt the earth afterwards. Borrow. Are you serious? Yeah, the just to see the spectacle, to see because you got to see what no. bad is. No, you, no, no. This there's a point where to, there's a point where you have to look at a okay. train wreck. No, no. no. Now, when, you say, when you is. say borrow, that Do, means that you're you are actually Do, saying that someone should pay for it, hey, and then you hey, should borrow hey, it from them. Did I not already say that I'm a tree hugging liberal, and I'm against any burning of books right now? I'll just say that. And also, I got to say... You know, that's a shame because I was going to say... Luke, how did we get these books? Oh, uh, I'm going to get to that. Okay. Oh. All right. So I, I just got to say borrow because if you want to see something bad, you can't know if something's really good unless you read something bad. And now I've stared into the abyss. Oh, that's such and a shame. And stared back at me. You want to know why that's a shame? Because did, did because you want unanimous burns? I on wanted this? a un, I wanted our first unanimous burn, and you oh, know right. why I wanted our first. No, you you don't okay. need to change your you don't need to change your opinion because I'm not I'm not looking for that. But I will say this: this is the first time I want to say this. Uh, if we ever get a unanimous burn on this show, I am going to make a video. I'm going to buy the book that we give the unanimous burn to. I am going to burn it on video. Okay, and then I am going to put that video on the website. And I was really desperate desperately hoping it would be this one but no, unfortunately you, it's not i i don't want you to waste your money <laughs> I, honestly i that I'd, wouldn't be a waste to me sir that would be that would be i would take great pleasure. <laughs> Fuck, i might ship it really i i i don't think i think it's still as okay wait hey, luke buy bar or burn burn okay so, burn it burn it hey uh, l- let's burn continue, it let, let's continue with this idea burn it like a fucking wart but uh, burn be- that shit but before but we before we do i'm still looking for the vagina andy can you show me where the vagina i can't find it's the on vagina. The, it's on the naked chick ali tells oh, me down that there. you're having that problem all the time no. <laughs> oh, okay marissa can you help me out can can i okay. I can't find the vagina. On All right, is, is that it? Is that the vagina you're talking? Okay, this is that, a that is a vagina. Okay, this is a solid burn. And here, you know what? I'm going to give. My, I'm going to give vagina. my vagina. I just had to say it one more time. This this is just a disappointing waste of money. Yeah, and, and it's and this is capitalism at its worst. Frank Miller phoned it in, made you know, called it for thirty five, or he. 
priced it at thirty five bucks. Thirty. Thirty. Oh, it's it's not thirty five. It's thirty. It's twenty nine ninety nine. Thirty five oh, okay. in Canada. Oh, okay. Maybe Canada. that's where I thirty saw the thirty five. Yeah. And he said, "I need to make a quick fix off of other people's grief on the anniversary of of the worst accident that has happened." Not and, accident. Don't call it an accident. Okay. The worst, worst act. Act catastrophe. Yes. That has happened to this nation in a long time. And he's trying to profit off of other people's misery. Absolutely Go for true. Yeah. And what? Go for <laughs> I, yeah, and I just, um, yeah, that's it. It's, it's, there is absolutely no redeeming quality to this book whatsoever at so, all. So is aptly named. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, um, one second. I, I want to go with the. Sorry, Joel. You get to miss out on this one because you said you, someone should, you would actually, you know, say, "Hey, if you get a chance, read it." Luke, if you had thirty dollars to spend on comic books, what would you buy? You know what I'm going to spend thirty dollars on comic books on very soon, on December seventh. The Chew Omnivore Edition number two, two comes out, and that is where my. It's actually th- I think thirty five dollars, but that is where my thirty dollars is going to go. My money was going to go to buying copies of the Sixth Gun Volume One and Volume Two, yes. so I can get more people to read it. Yeah, absolutely true. That is that as well. Hey, hey guys. Nope. Not was, a lot. No. No. But no. 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 You, hey, didn't, you didn't say no, burn. So no. no. Do you don't get to participate. I did you a favor. Edit your shit out if you keep talking. I did you a favor because now you guys have thirty dollars to buy that nice shiny good stuff, as opposed to this horrible dross. <sighs> what? No. Why, why, why are you guys looking at me funny like that? I did you a favor. Okay, uh, so we actually got an email for this show. Uh, we got an email from... Where the fuck did I put it? <laughs> Can I answer it? No, it's not as racist there it is. as I say uh, oh wait a minute! It's actually in the agenda. Like I'm, I'm SMRT smart. Um, That's my job. If you would like to be a part of the show, you can write into us exactly like Dolby von Luckner did, Ooh. and email us at tradesecrets at geekrific dot com. And he sends us a. It's it's not a it's not a question. It's a comment. He he's actually like praising us for the show. And this is the first one that we've gotten. So you know what? I'm going to read the whole goddamn yeah. thing. He says. I've been having the last few episodes as my oral companions while doing the inks and scanning for Frederick the Great. It's an uh, with, it's with a, an A, right? A U R. Yes, uh, Frederick the Great is an, uh, a web comic that he does, by the way. So if anybody wants to take a look at that, um, and keep a small pad of paper to jot down the things that you've particularly lauded. I wanted to send my thanks for both the entertainment and the education. Between keeping two web comics running and teaching two teaching at two schools and raising two kids, I have absurdly limited time for uncovering the hidden gems of the comic world and so i truly appreciate the lengths you guys to go to to find the off-beaten path things and share the share your thoughts about them keep up the fine work and i look forward to the new episode thank you very much dolby we appreciate your uh appreciate your listenership school for world conquerors yes the intrepids Uh, uh, and we probably thing, just saved him thirty bucks. And we probably just saved him thirty bucks. It's it's great that uh, to to hear from our listeners. We love it. If you would like to be part of the show, as I said, like Dolby did, write us in at tradesecrets at geekrific dot com. Um, is there anything else that you guys wanted to talk about before we uh, wrap the show up? Vaginas. Uh, vaginas. But we're also going to have to cut Joel out of this conversation. 
Lots of vaginas. Yeah, well, he I, he's not he has nothing to talk hey, about because he can't find them anyway. Well, so I, I just need to be shown one. And I can pretty much figure it out. The last thing that I want to bring up before we wrap up the show is that uh, we would like to th- heartily thank Comics Dungeon in Wallingford in Seattle to for uh, loaning us two copies of Holy Terror. They are effectively sponsoring this episode of the show because they loaned them to us so that we wouldn't have to pay for it. Um, Comics Dungeon is the shop where I shop. Yeah. I love the place. It's great. It's I right went there recently. Five. It is it is a pretty awesome really shop. good shop in the Seattle area. Thank you to Comics Dungeon for loaning me loaning us these books and uh maybe we can work something out with them on a regular more regular basis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um next show we are going to do one of Anne's suggestions, actually. We're going to be reading Adolf. Not again. <laughs> Her books are so bad. Oh my god, dude. Really? Hey, the truth comes Oof. out when she's not here. Well, Echo Actually, Echo was hers. And Echo was hers. Green River Killer Green was River hers. Was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, I, I, Sorry, Anne. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully Adolf but, is the one that breaks yeah, the it could. mold. I'm just saying, but like when she's like, well, no, I hadn't read Echo, but I thought I'd recommend it anyway, and I just sort of thumped my head on the desk. Okay, now that being said, she has read Adolf, and she likes it, and she is recommending it. So this is the first, this is the first book that she's, she's recommended read. that she's actually read okay. before recommending. So we will actually get a chance to see something that she is is actually endorsing and tear it to shreds is tell me it's not about nationalism i have no idea what it's about dude i haven't read it okay i'm gonna find out for the show so the next show is adolf it is uh and suggestion hopefully she will be out of finals week and be able to join us for that show uh (laughs) we all read it (laughs) she's not here uh Rate us on iTunes. It helps us get more listeners. We would appreciate any ratings and reviews that you want to put up on iTunes for us. Review us on Zoom by going to social.zoom.net and searching for the Trade Secrets Podcast and firing a review up there. You can follow us all on Twitter. The main show feed is at, at Trade Secrets Pod. Um, we don't post a lot to it. We're going to try and do more, but that at least we post all of our show announcements there. So if you want to know when an episode is out, you'll be able to find it through the, through the Twitter feed. My Twitter is at Geek Elite. Andy's is at Mathtastrophe. Joel's is at Superfly. And even though she's not here, Anne's is at Anne Bean Tweets. You can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash trade secrets podcast. Uh, you can, oh, we know you can't follow us on Tumblr. I need to delete that shit. Uh, you, <laughs> and you can't join the forums on the website. Why are those still in the agenda? Jesus Christ. What's up um, with you just not getting the agenda? You they, run they, over you know, one you, laptop no, 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 I, with I, a, a truck and... Sh- I copied this agenda from the agenda for episode 12. That's why it's still got that shit in there. Uh, Also, take a look at our other two shows. Uh, We have a classic video gaming podcast called After the Fact Pod that... After the Fact Pod? Called After the Fact that has been running... I'm I'm on that one, too, so you can just throw that pod on there. After the Fact has been running for going on... It's going up on its two two years and its 50th episode. Uh, And our newest podcast in the Geekerific Network is Hit the Deck Podcast. It's all about card games that have a deck building element, so trading card games, deck building games. The last episode they did was based on the Penny Arcade Gamers vs. Evil deck deck building game. I like to think um, of it as the nickelback of our podcast. <laughs> I like to think of it as a string of sexual innuendos because that's all that episode three was. It is very entertaining. The guys on the show are awesome and they're extremely knowledgeable about card games. It's like a funnier Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> Well, when most of the games are all about tapping, 
something or other. <laughs> it's just one logical step. Oh, and if you want to be part of the show like Dolby Von Luckner did, you can email us at tradesecrets at geekerific.com. We will use any email we're sent on the show. And by the way, we'll use ninety-seven. Awesome we'll use ninety-seven percent of the emails we get on the show because I know damn well by saying any, somebody will email me something that I can't hey, actually we, we use went, on the show. We went with the happy couple key the car. That's absolutely fair. So, uh, this has been episode eighteen of the Trade Secrets Podcast. I'm not even going to name the book we just talked about because I'm fucking sick of it. Thank you, Andy. Vagina. <laughs> Thank you, Joel. Holy terrible. (laughs) I am Luke, and we're out.